0: So one thing about my mom, she's always, always been very positive and always has given me lots of love and believed in me. And so even in my goth stage, she really saw it as a gift. And so fast forward now, I don't want to fast forward, but the point is my childhood made me courageous. My childhood made me bold and not, not afraid to stand out in a crowd. That's a blessing, right?
1: Hey, mamas! Welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being Mother Hustler is not easy. But sisters, we are making it happen, even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. Michelle Joy is a founder of Miracle Mindset, where she helps people tap into the power of the universe through the law of attraction and become master manifestors. She's also a certified soul coach, certified happiness coach, licensed heal your life teacher, and law of attraction expert and facilitator. Her podcast titled Law of Attraction in Action has been heard by thousands and her video vlog titled 365 Days of Joy, has helped inspire many on the importance of tapping into your joy every day. She's the author of Thrive and Shine, How to Find Happiness When Life Falls Apart. And she's inspired thousands through her speaking, coaching, and online presence. Sisters, please help me in welcoming the mother hustler, mothering the world this week, the host of the podcast, Law of Attraction in Action and the Founder of Miracle Mindset Michelle Joy. Welcome back everyone. My name is Kareen Mills and I'm your host. We are blessed today to have Miss Michelle Elder who also has a podcast that I was on the law of attraction in action. And I'm so excited to hear a different side of her. On the flip side, we always begin to talk about your childhood. So first, welcome, Michelle. How are you? I'm
0: fantastic. How are you?
1: Great. It's awesome for moms today because Portland, Oregon area is snowed in and we don't know how to do life with snow oh, <laughs> so
0: the whole city shuts down and i live in a hilly area so i'm always very grateful when it shuts down because yeah i want to leave where i live it's bad. right <laughs> right
1: safer that way And my husband yeah. would not let me drive in this types of condition so yeah. i wouldn't either but i've tried before and it's scary so welcome
0: Thank you. And yes. by the way, I go by Joy as well, Michelle Joy. So um, oh, good. It's confusing for a lot of people. I always think about names. That, you know, we always think, well, this is our name, and this is what we should stick with. But I think whenever we reinvent ourselves, it's it's good to change our names. And so, Elder is actually my ex husband's name. So, um, Joy is not, it's not changed legally yet, but I go by both. So it's very confusing for people. But I want to put it out there because all my stuff is under Michelle Joy.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for <laughs> yeah. clarifying that. Yeah. Girlfriend, you can do whatever you want, I right? I know, love that, <laughs> right? I love that. Cool. Well, hey, let's talk about your childhood because I love diving deep into people's childhood only because I believe that everything that we go through in those monumental decades of our life mm-hmm. during our first decade or even second decade mm-hmm. are a huge contributor to a lot of the things that happens to us and things that we do subconsciously when we become adults. So take us through that journey. How was that? What types of things that you can take away from your childhood that you think that is leading you to who you are today?
0: Absolutely. My childhood was extremely impactful. I grew up with a single mom with six kids. I was 18 months old when my dad left. So basically one day he said, I you know, don't love you anymore and I can't handle having so many kids. And my mom was uh, at the time a stay-at-home mom and mm-hmm. had no money and uh, no way to make money because she didn't have a job. So you can imagine growing up where at 18 months old, my life, my family fell apart. And so I grew up with a very strong sense of, um, well, I was ignored. Because they, were, my family was so busy. You know, my older siblings had to try to take care of me. They were, they're all uh, four years apart, and there's a seven-year gap. And my brother and I were born, and my brother and I are two years. We're all full blood. Um, but during wow. that time, I realized how, you know, I felt so ignored and not loved. But I never complained about it because our family was, you know, just doing the best they could. So mm. instead, I bottled it up. And so my childhood was very sad. I rarely I smiled. I felt um, I I know my mom loved me, but she just couldn't be there for me. She became a realtor. I mean, she's just my mom is so badass. I just she's amazing. She should be on your show (laughs) for what she's done. But she, you know, made find found a way to make it work. But in order to do that as a single mom with six kids, she had to be gone a lot. So she had to rely on my siblings, and you know, they were teenagers. They didn't really want to have to take care of two little kids, and so my story my my tape what I told myself as a kid is I'm not loved I don't fit in mm. and I'm the only redhead out of six kids I'm the only wow. I was the dancer I never liked sports I'm like the, such the black sheep Karine <laughs> I don't know where I came from you stuck out like a sore thumb oh I did I did <laughs> but you know truly Karine that's when I look back in my life and who I am today I am the person I am today because of you know, I had to find meaning to me, you know, because I didn't fit in with my family. And it's, it's more than just, you know, they don't love me. I purposely, I felt different. I always knew I was different. Mm. And so what I did actually, which is a funny story, in eighth grade, I became goth. And this is yeah. in the 80s when nobody was doing this, right? And so, uh, and so my family is, you know, in many ways, they did support me, they thought it was weird. Um, but my mom actually really praised me for it because she she knew I had the courage to be different and she really appreciated that. So one thing about my mom, she's always, always been very positive and always has given me lots of love and believed in me. And so even in my goth stage, she really saw it as a gift. And so fast forward now, I don't know well, if I want to fast forward, but the point is my childhood made me courageous. My childhood made me bold and not, not afraid to stand out in a crowd. That's a blessing, right? Especially in the speaking world, right? (laughs) I mean, a lot of,
1: a lot of us, like self-love, self-promotion, all these stuff are just now popping up, but but Michelle Joy has been doing it all her life.
0: Yeah. And I was really shy as a kid too. I was, believe it or not, I was really shy. Um, It wasn't until my twenties when I became a nurse that I kind of broke that shell. But um, yeah, it's so it's so interesting to see who we were then and who we've become and how they relate, right? Which is why you do this wow. show. It's really fascinating.
1: Yeah, well, I want to take you back through the bottling part because there's a lot there of what you just said that I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into. And the other reason that I do this podcast is also not only to mother the world, but also to... Hopefully, the people that don't have a mother, Mm -hmm. foster children, um, maybe an adoptive child that just don't feel quite um, at home or they belong to, you know, the home that they live in or their adoptive family and allow those kids in those profound years growing up to really be mothered by people like you and me plugging into my podcast to sort of be mothered by a collective mom, like all of us learning a little bit from all of us, because I know that when you're a child, it could be so isolating and it could be so lonely, especially when you don't have somebody to relate to. And, and you know that, and I know that because we've been through those moments in our lives. So talk to me, about how that feels to bottle a lot of things because I'm really also a proponent of like minimizing the teenage suicidal rates and there's a ton of those and maybe social media is just like magnifying everything and maybe they've just been happening all our lives we just are now have so much access to everything and faster than we've ever had When you talk about that, talk about from a kid's perspective as well and really give our children of today and maybe the teenage of today an advice on how you really handled that and what outlets did you go through or did you not have and how do you think you would change that looking back?
0: Well, um, you know, again, during the years when I was goth, it was um, a really fascinating time for me because it w- there was a part in me, and I was you know 14 at the time, mm-hmm. and I there's just this little seed in me that says I'm gonna be me no matter what. So mm. that was like it was a, my internal was not able to express it because I was so shy, and I couldn't tell people how I felt. So what I did is I did it externally through how I looked. Mm. And so my physical stance became my expression of, yes, I'm different and I'm okay with it. It was like this power within me. Wow. Um, but I, again, I, I did bottle a lot up. You look back at all my pictures. There's not a lot of pictures of me when I was a kid, but I, I really smiled and um, I had, in fact, there was so much pain that I held on for years that Mm -hmm. i moved away from denver when i was just barely 19 without like any plan i it's not like i moved away to college i moved to portland from denver with uh two boxes and clothes and like two hundred dollars and i didn't really have a plan and i just knew i had to leave denver and i remember when i left i knew i was like i'm never coming back like i was so angry at my family and but i did have to go back every year you know it's i'm I love my, I do, I'm really, really close to my mom. I've always been close to her. But so I go back every year and I cry every single year. Um, when so you
1: I'd, go back or when you leave?
0: No, when I go there, when I'm there, I completely melt down. Wow. Like I would cry. And it's a thing, it's so deep. So this is this is the bottled up part. Then we don't have a place to express it when you're young. I expressed it through, you know, being goth and being able to express myself externally, but I still was really hurt inside and I felt like, again, you take five, six siblings and there's my five and there's me, you know, it's just to be so different from this big family that's so caring or so close and I don't fit in. It's a horrible feeling, right? Wow. And so for me, I held onto that tape for so long and Corrine, what really shifted me is the awareness that I am the person I am because of that I got strength and I had the courage to move away when I was 19 without a plan. How many people can do that, right? (laughs) At 19, not much. (laughs) I was was very courageous and I was very an outside the box thinker. I never, I did not give into fitting in. You know, Mm. there could have been an urge for me when I was young, say, well, you know what? I'm just gonna be like them because then they'll like me. But I could do it. Like fitting in. right? And so years later, I realized that my past was not something there to hurt me. It was something there to make me the person I am. And Mm -hmm. I became courageous. I became, you know, outside the box thinker. I am absolutely passionate and compassionate for others because they know what suffering is like Mm -hmm. because I suffered so much I felt as a child. And so I have so much love for those outcasts, you know, for those weirdos and, um, and it's because of me not fitting in. So how would I, why would I take that away? If right. something so horrible made me so great, I'm taking the great and be grateful for the horrible, you know? Yeah. Perspective. So then I started to heal and this all happened after my divorce and this is all in my book too, at least as far as my healing after my divorce. But I really believe that that Forgiving my family, understanding, perspective shift, and just saying, oh, this wasn't really there to hurt me. It was something that was put in place to make me who I am. Then I know it was a gift. So then I started, when I go back to Denver now, I'm so in love with my siblings. We're so close. Wow. We've ever been. And, um, and, and they didn't know I suffered. And so I've had conversations with them to say how much I suffered. Like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. They're like, I always thought you were dad's favorite or mom's favorite.
1: Wow. Wow. Let's stop really quick there because you just said something that really is super interesting to me because you said that you now talk to your siblings a ton yeah, and they didn't even know you were suffering. So I think I think the communication too is so super key because they probably wanted you to belong, but then in our own mind, and I think it's sometimes it's self-inflicted, right? Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) because they've probably been waiting for you as well to reach out, to really like just become connected more than we thought we were. And so by bottling everything and, you know, you bottled it at 14 you moved away at 19, and then you had your marriage that didn't work out. And when we bottle things up, it gets filled up for, with even more crap, right? Mm-hmm. And so the more that we let go of those sooner than, rather than later, yes. the less it gets filled up with negativity. But then the more we keep it within and bottle it, the more it gets filled up with even more and then even more. And then you have like the outburst when you come home to right, Colorado. Right. Because Absolutely. it's it becomes so much and you never let go of it. So I am so excited that you talk about this. When you were 14 and you were different, were you bullied at
0: all? You know, surprisingly enough, um, they were intimidated by me. <laughs> um, I went to a very diverse school. And, you know, they, you had this, they tried to desegregate schools in Denver. So you had a large part of the black community come to the suburbs and a lot of us went to their neighborhood like during our elementary school years and so Mm -hmm. but we still segregated it's so funny even though we're desegregated we're still segregated and so the one thing the black girls were really tough in school and nothing against black people I'm I'm not by all means racist but they were the tough ones like you didn't mess Mm -hmm. with them and uh, but I could dance and so even though I was goth I could dance like Janet Jackson like you know I had I have really good dance moves, and wow. so they they bonded with me over that. But I think I was such a weirdo, Kareen, that they were intimidated by me. So um, I didn't get bullied as much as people were just like kind of afraid of me. And wow. in some ways, I mean, my high school was just like it looks. It's in the suburbs of Denver, but it looked like a prison. It was horrible. <laughs> and, Dang. And, uh, so, but I felt like um, having that protective. Thing of being different, actually, it protected me because then nobody would wow. ask me. <laughs> so um, Interesting. So, no, I, I, of course, people made fun of me, but it was to me that making fun of me was a, a sense of pride mm. um, because I got attention. Ooh. And that was the big thing. I didn't get attention as a kid and all of a sudden I'm getting attention. Wow. So, um, actually, just saying that right now really struck a chord with me because it, it, it is a lot of why I probably did what I did. You know, so you were hungry
1: for it because your family, okay. You're
0: starving for attention. Wow. Yeah. Which is part of my issues in adulthood. (laughs) I still crave attention. I'm, this is probably why I do everything that I do. I'm such an attention whore, I guess.
1: Ah, I think we all are when we're like so social, you know, because we give so much attention to people that we maybe have a subconscious expectation that we should, we should get what we give. Right. Yeah. But it's um but you know the law of attraction also works it's magic that we get what we give out there and we'll put out in the world right because you're all about law of attraction yeah. so you said something about when you were fourteen you were goth when nobody was even goth how did you like how did you learn about goth did you just like do it without even having a model you know I've
0: listened to music videos all the time there was a local mm-hmm. um, TV station in Denver that played um, like for two hours, it played alternative videos. So I listened Mm. to a lot of music. Music was my influence. And there was a couple people that, you know, we kind of started out new wave, listening to the cure and Depeche Mode. And, you know, this is in 1987. Shows you how old I am.
1: Dating um, you back there, girl.
0: (laughs) A little bit. But it was back, you know, when it started out light, but then I would watch these videos and I would just get enamored by the look and so I just started doing it and Denver did have even though there was a small amount of us it was still a decent amount um mm-hmm. and so yeah my influence was music and then a couple of people but I really was at the forefront of I mean I was wearing like a big sombrero hat and long gloves and wow and I was wearing um like pointy shoes. I did this crazy and black, black, white makeup, you know, black lipstick. I did it all.
1: Amazing. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I wouldn't like think of you if I met you today without hearing your story. And this is what's cool about a podcast because you can really dive deep into somebody's depending on, you know, on the idea of your platform uh-huh. to talk about these details because We go through like so many versions of us. I tell my husband, you probably slept with seven versions of me. (laughs) I love that. It's interesting. Because we go through, I mean, we grow through a lot of our struggles. We, you know, we get influenced by outside influence, you know, when we enroll ourselves into masterminds, peer-to-peer retreats, you know, those things can really influence us. But those things mostly for me influenced me in the most positive way and really just uplevel my game. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited to hear all of your gifts from your childhood. Uh-huh. Now when you became an adult, cause you moved away at 19 uh-huh. and you came to you call yourself weird, you came to the weirdest city on planet earth oh, right which is Portland. Portland.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what happened I mean what happened when you got to Portland did you just like figure it out or
0: you know what it was the first time in my life that I felt right mm. like, I was like oh I can breathe like I I, for one I never really liked Denver um in Portland like the second I stepped foot here I was just in love and wow. I luckily in high school I went to a a vocational school called the Career Education Center and so I had two years with the Academy of Travel and Tourism so I worked in hotels so I got a job at the Marriott Uh, and again that started building up my self-esteem I had my own apartment you know back then things were a lot cheaper (laughs) I could afford an apartment and I had just I started building this life that was about me and I didn't have to compare myself to my siblings it was about me and and then i met my ex-husband soon after so then that, that that's that next stage of my life that kind of took over
1: um wow yeah so let's talk stuff. about <laughs> about being about you uh-huh. because i think there's a lot of us that go through this pocket of like confusion or not knowing mm-hmm. right but not knowing is really exciting for me um i think for a lot of entrepreneurs Uh, going through the process of learning and knowing is exhilarating for us. But you said you came here without knowing, but also you left something and you let go of something. And I think there's so much power in that when you're in the pocket of letting, like you want to let go, but you're afraid what's going to happen on the flip side on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I mean, no, no, not all of us have to move away from you know far far away like you did but it's also one way to do it so you did it one way and some people may just move out of the house to like really create a new space Mm -hmm. or maybe the space that you usually had you emptied it yeah did you feel because you felt free and excited when you came to portland was that maybe the transition that happened to you energetically Is that you like took away whatever was anchoring you down and then you emptied it out.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I think I got, my self-esteem was so bad in Denver before I left. um, And I was just so depressed. I think that's when I moved away, getting a fresh start feels so good when you're down. Like, you know, I think there's one thing when being depressed and you stay in that situation, it just keeps you... Oh, it's just horrible even the thought of it so yeah. by me moving away even though I didn't know where I was gonna go that still was better than being depressed mm-hmm. like it shifted my energy like you said that shift your energy because I knew moving away like I felt energetically by me moving away I was able to really be me without having to have this external facade I can just be me mm-hmm.
1: um yeah I'm not sure if that's where you're I going think <laughs> I think you emptied your bottle because remember you talk about the bottle right mm-hmm. and you put all these nasty thoughts nasty experiences um adversities struggles whatever it is that you're like in the bottom of the bottle you and know so you I have
0: think, it yeah it. part of it was is I just didn't um it was the time for me you know I was with my ex-boyfriend I actually moved out here with him but we were kind of not really together, it was more like mm-hmm. um, we just did the move, but I then I got my own place. and But it was like, for the first time, I felt like I was focusing on me. And the problem is, is very soon after I met my ex-husband, and so then that kind of stopped. And mm-hmm. it's funny, because people talk about, you know, when you're going through personal development, they're like, remember that time, think back of a time where you're really happy, mm-hmm. or your life got so traumatically terrible or whatever. And I always went back to those that brief six months of when I first moved here because it was about me. I had my own apartment. I had a job that I loved and um, I was paying my bills. There was something really rewarding about that at that time, but it only lasted for six months.
1: (laughs) Wow. When did did that me circle back? Like when did you decide, and you can either share the story of it or not, it's up to you. Um, When did you decide that you know what it's time to go back to me again
0: 16 years later at my divorce Woo, girl it was it was crazy yeah for all those years and no don't get me wrong i mean i'm not saying my whole relationship was was terrible but i you know i'm such a supportive personality i'm such a giver and so Mm -hmm. when i'm in a relationship especially I think a lot of women are like this actually we're very supportive of our partners and so i just kind of did whatever he wanted to do i was very much of i went along and just lived his life and it wasn't really the life i wanted necessarily but i did Mm -hmm. do things you know i became a nurse and i loved being a nurse and i found something i'm good at um but it didn't um through those 16 years though i was still like whatever my husband wanted and Mm. um to focus on ourselves is, is, it's almost like you shouldn't do that. You got to you know, help other people, be there for other people, you know? And so I didn't even understand this concept of self-love and well, I didn't understand this concept of, I got to take care of me first before I take care of other people. I didn't even understand that until my divorce.
1: wow well, yeah. I think, um, and I've been there. I, I, I've been there where I don't, I didn't know what self-love was. I, only was chasing for the wrong things. And luckily during my, I mean, we've got some rough patch in the beginning of our marriage. And luckily we stuck together. And I think that um when I communicated to my husband, and we're we're switching now to like more of like a marriage counseling here, but when I started my journey with spiritual and personal development journey it was it became even more rough for us because now i'm vibrating in a in like so much more different Mm -hmm. level and i was chasing I real that's when i actually woke up to the reality where i've been chasing all the wrong things i've been leading with how much money i'm making with what title i can get in the banking industry with what title I can get as a, as the insurance agent owner, you know, in, in my insurance practice, how many people I can have working for me because it looks so grandeur, you know, like I was looking into life with those kinds of lenses. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I woke up to reality and realizing that, um, and I've always had older friends, like most of my friends are like, 5, 10, 15 years older than me. So I've always been like hanging out with people that think differently. Mm -hmm. But then also I wasn't ready when you're younger, you know, to like think the same way as they, but they've been all along just like showing me around life. Mm -hmm. And one day it just like hurt enough for me personally in my practice that I felt like is, I started asking questions. Like, is this really for me? Am I really seeing life through the, you know, the lenses that I should be seeing life through? Mm -hmm. So I have all these books that I've never read before, and I started picking them up. But the one book that really changed the way that I thought was Halftime. So if you've never read the book, and a lot of my friends were turning 50 around the age that I was 35. Mm -hmm. And Halftime is like for a midlife crisis, (laughs) so i feel like i had my midlife crisis really early on because i had friends that were already going through it Uh so it's about you know accumulating wealth during your first half of your life and then when you turn 50 you start feeling empty even though you've achieved everything Uh because you were chasing all the wrong things and now you're looking for more meaning in life and so i'm like why why do i have to wait till i turn 50? (laughs) And like that was really the turning point for me. And I still have that book. And to this day, I recommend it to people no matter how younger, how much younger they are from 50 because society has its standard, right? Like midlife around 50, 48, 49. Not for me. Like I want to learn faster and quicker than everybody else. So when you went through your um, divorce did you feel free that it was time for Michelle again?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Did you go back to that first six months of your life in Portland?
0: Um, you know, I think it, it was no. I would say yes and no. Yes, because I think at the time I was a little bit spiritual, like I was dabbling with Taoism and uh, meditating a little Ooh. bit. And so one thing that I did is after my divorce is I started meditating and um, that's when life fully, fully changed for me. I actually had a spiritual awakening. And wow. at that point where, like I felt like it was a near-death experience just through meditation. And at that, at that moment, I never saw life the same. And you know, the, the blessing of my career as a nurse is I have always seen life in a very precious form like it's about the love mm-hmm. you give. it's about the love you receive more than anything that's to me was always my drive not money but um it was at that point that i realized we're all spiritual beings and that um in this moment of awakening it was everything after was like I had a near-death experience and I read stories about near-death experiences because everyone who went through it went through what I went through which is seeing life in the most beautiful light and more love than you could ever imagine and so it was that was the part where it's like you like connecting on a deeper level and with, to me with spirituality was the turning point and so when I yeah the six months when I first moved here was a taste of this person in me that had dreams and had these desires, and I, you know, I wanted to move to France and I wanted to be an airline stewardess. Wow. And I wanted to travel the world, and I did travel a lot. My ex husband, I traveled a lot, so I'm grateful for that. Um, and I'm grateful for where my life has led me for sure. But it is, um, that turning point, it was my spirituality, and by amazing, yeah,
1: Taoism love it mm-hmm. you um in RIP to Wayne Dyer did you used to like oh, learn know. from he's oh, like yeah. he's I like know. my guru
0: I know I, I've seen him a couple of times when I saw him I was like ah she's kind of rambles like a grandpa but like
1: <laughs> he is like a grandpa it's like I feel like Wayne Dyer is my grandpa
0: <laughs> I know but like I listen to his stuff on YouTube all the time like oh my gosh I love love what he says like it so resonates with me
1: have you watched his movie The Shift? Yes. So good. Oh, yeah. No matter how many times I watched that movie, I just like ball. I know. Because because I can't believe that it was like happening in front of me before I was awakened that I didn't even notice it because I was led in, in the most wrongful way, the way like I was following a wrong spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it just makes me so happy when I watch it. It's like tears of joy when I watched that movie and I recommend it to every single person that's in that pocket. Like you talked about that pocket of confusion, whether letting go or not and afraid of what's unknown and what's on the other side. And I always tell them, if you're in that pocket, watch this movie, don't watch it when your kids are running around and you're super like multitasking I want you to watch it when you are when everybody's asleep and you only have yourself Mm -hmm. and when it's quiet and like literally when people do it the way that i explained to them they like come back to me and said and say like thank you for recommending that because I think that's just how humans operate, you know, like the first half of the movie, it showcases all the things that we do as humans without even noticing, Mm -hmm. like the, the really things that like things that really truly matters.
0: Yeah. And so that's what happened after my awakening is I become really aware that I was the creator of my reality, that I was Mm -hmm. responsible for my life. and. And in many ways, that made me extremely giddy because I'm like, oh my gosh, I I can create anything. But then there's also like, oh, I created that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it was was in that though that it helped me recover and heal from my pain. So the thing is, people are so afraid of getting deep. You know, I became a certified soul coach after my awakening because I wanted Mm. to know me. I wanted to know me. When I meditated, I would say, I just, you know, please show the real me. I just want to know me, because I lived in denial land for so long, wow. and um, I didn't want to face myself. I I really needed that that spiritual part of me to hold me while I saw myself with unconditional love. You, yeah,
1: you. Um, so I, you really truly become an observer of your own self when you are so awakened. You can literally almost like remove your soul from your body when you're so awakened, when you're meditating mm-hmm. and like, look at your body. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but it just gives me like chills. So my up my spine when I talk about it, because I'm like, so aligned with you right there that I can literally keep this whole podcast going, talking about the spirituality of oh, things.
0: It's my favorite subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: What kind of RN were you, Michelle?
0: So I did, uh, I worked at uh, a big hospital here in Portland, um, intermediate care. So we, I was a full-time charge nurse for nine years and worked nights. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Um, And I loved it though. I worked with a lot of respiratory failure, heart failure. I worked with a lot of patients with cystic fibrosis and Mm -hmm. they die young. Um, So I really (laughs) had a fascination with the dying actually. And even in nursing school, I knew I wanted to be a hospice nurse. So. Um, Then the last two years of, as I was a nurse, I worked in hospice. And that was really what truly shifted me to follow my dream, which is what I'm doing now. And it, because I saw that life is limited. I saw that people suffer when they shouldn't suffer Mm. over and over again. And, you know, when you're faced with death on a daily basis, as I was, you don't take life for granted. Mm -mm. You don't. You know of course I have my pity party days but in general I don't sit there and go oh you know I'll never be this I'm like why not live full out you know you combined my experience in nursing with my spirituality and uh, to me life is just an experience why not live full out yes so I definitely get scared sometimes but then I go well you know what I'm gonna die anyway and I wish everybody had that experience either to work around the dying around the sick because you know we complain all the time and again I'm I do it too but at the end of the day, I can leave that hospital floor. I can walk on my two legs. I can feed myself. In fact, I tell you the happiest person I ever met, he was. The message that you,
1: you told all of us was to take it. Like, how do I do this? Just take it, take the opportunity, grab the opportunity. Don't question it. It, it kind of showed up in front of you for a reason. Didn't it, you know, like. We question everything so much that like now I don't question a lot of things. Like when our technology situation between you and me didn't work out so well, didn't question it. <laughs> remember I said, let's just let it flow. I remember you said let it flow. Don't it don't force it, let's let it flow because there's always some sort of like energy stopping you from doing things or overcoming things at that moment in time because it wasn't supposed to be mm. happening at that moment in time. And as little as when there's traffic, and you know, most of us are so frustrated with traffic because that's a human reaction. That's the natural reaction of humans. But when you vibrate on a whole new level, on a higher level, that you just like, okay, these are these are illusions right now. And I'm being stopped for a reason. I'm being in the traffic for a reason because mm-hmm. maybe if the traffic freed up, I probably would have been killed a, a mile away. You know, like we don't ever stop to think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that we have to, we should, and we have to slow down our life to even have a chance to have those kind of dig digging deep thoughts. Yeah. So you learned from Farrah Fawcett's movie. <laughs> He's a burning bed. Girl, we could be going everywhere here, but I still remember where we left off when I, when I asked you a question. Mm-hmm. And you talked about what you learned through that. Take us through that. And then you, you had your baby at 14 or you got pregnant at 14. 14. Now take us through the adulthood of yes. your life. Yes. I did get pregnant with my oldest daughter at 14. And that was a very interesting time, because I was a ward of the court. Mm -hmm. That meant county dollars paid my room and board, whether I was in a group home, a foster home, or an orphanage. County dollars paid for my room and board. Mm -hmm. My fetus that was growing inside my beautiful womb was not a ward of the court. Now now we're gonna talk about where I started getting some real strength. Here yeah. we go, here we go. Fasten let's your seatbelt. Let's do seat
2: this, up. let's do this sister. Fasten <laughs>
1: your seatbelt. So my fetus, as they love to refer to her as at the time was not awarded the card. That my mother was coming. He was like, holy shit, where are we gonna put her? We're in a studio, small little hotel room, essentially apartment. And there's no room for her. And guys, I'm telling you, flow, not force, is the way that I live life now. And this is exactly what I told my husband. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. And two days later, we got offered this upgrade of a two-bedroom loft. Wow. When you trust in the, in the source, when you trust in the energy and you just say, don't worry, we'll figure it out. The energy literally figures it out for you. I promise you. And if it didn't, we knew we were going to figure it out no matter what. We might send her to my brother. We might send her to Ty's mom. I, I don't know what we would have done, but but I know we would have figured it out. Or we might have just rented another unit a studio unit for her or I had Ty I told I told Ty you can always sleep in one of the bedrooms because by then it'll it'll be okay to just sleep in it and that way my mom can just sleep with me in the hotel and Ty was okay with that my husband is so super easy and easygoing that he was like oh yeah that that will work too but that didn't happen because I trusted in the process and I said don't worry Ty we'll figure this out and two days later the GM actually called me on my cell phone and said we're gonna go ahead and upgrade you in the two-bedroom loft and I was like the gates of heaven opened up (laughs) but here's the behind the scene on that so let me tell you hotels They probably did not have a lot of people booking the two-bedroom, two-bath because the two-bedroom, two-bath here is like $240 a night plus taxes. The studio that we were staying is $99 a night. And I think I only got the 99 though because of my networking skills and I know the GM here. So I got the hookup um, price, but... The cool thing about it is it would have been like 109 129 maybe. It was still going to be a lot cheaper than the 229 two bedroom loft. So ah it's life is so good. I'm telling you, I'm so thankful and grateful. So we got upgraded because the problem that they were looking at is that a lot of people wanted the cheaper price, 109 129. And we were on the way of that. So they moved us to a bigger, better room that they couldn't sell. And by moving us there for the same price we were paying in the studio, right? Because we have been here for a long time. So they feel like they owe it to us. I mean, shoot, we pay a lot of money every week because we pay every week. And so they moved us up. So now all of a sudden they're generating an extra $99 for a studio because most people are looking for the studio or an extra $129 versus zero when we were there. So they just shifted us so they can generate more revenue because the goal really for any business is to generate more revenue, right? And if all they, if all they needed to do was to shift a family into Not only that we're happy and content for the fact that they offered us a free upgrade, they're also collecting more money for the studio that we were once in. Genius, right? They didn't tell me that. I figured that out, by the way, because I'm such a like I'm such a math numbers type of person and a business person, and I'm all about revenue. And you should be when you run a business. Even if you work for someone, you should always be revenue driven. When you work for someone, you should always look at your work as your business because that's how you can perform at a high 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 level. People and if you're if you're going for a promotion, you are going to get that promotion soon. So Guys, I'm really excited. My mama is coming. This is the only time she could come. She's coming next week on Thursday, the 28th, because she's going to be leaving to go home to the Philippines for about three months, I believe, to visit my dad. My dad retired already, but um, she's going to be there for a long time. She's leaving on the 16th, and this is the only time that she could come. And by golly, I would miss my mother if she didn't come and see because I don't know if she's even going to come back. I think, I don't think she's coming back. I think she's staying there for good, but according to her, she's only there for three months. We shall see. Maybe I should interview my mother here too. We'll see if she's up for that because my mom has very heavy accents. She can speak English, but she, I don't know if she'll let me. So, The other piece now, you know, in the background while we're staying in the hotel, swimming in the pool and enjoying our time here, we are just on the last week and we're so super excited to uh, get moving into our house. And our house is starting to, to develop on its own with the beauty that we wanted to do. It's a very modest home and one of the things that I have made a commitment to myself because I had been hurt from the 2008 crash before due to um, being really a green investor and not knowing what I was doing. I owned a lot of units, but I didn't really own them when the crash happened because I was so overextended on them. So you know, you learn from your experience. And one of the things that I committed is, you know what, I would rather own uh, 10 modest homes and generate income with them. So everything that we do now, like I said, is centered around experience, we want to have more experience for our family. We don't ever want to be overextended we are going to live within our means and invest a lot of money into the right things hire professionals to really help us guide through the process of building our wealth and I am so super excited one of the plans that we'll do is we'll do a project in the house Every year until we can um, buy our next project. And then we can just like take off from there. But one of the things that I'm doing, which is real exciting, is and we're not gonna hire, because this is a pretty easy project. My husband and I, we're gonna build my podcast studio in the back. It's gonna have acoustic walls to block all the noise because we have air traffic above us block all the noise. Oh, You guys, I'm so excited to have my own podcast studio. And then we're going to start remodeling an Airstream on the side of our house that we're going to um, provide service for Airbnb to recoup some of the expenses that we have spent in this whole project. And I'm really excited on the back deck. So we have two decks in this new home that we, we are humble home, right? The back deck, uh, it has access to our master bedroom. What I'm doing there is super amazing. I'm going to have my reading nook there. I'm going to have my oasis. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm going to give a oasis play-by-play on Instastory. But it's going to have the oasis back there and it's just going to be so much fun. Um, We're going to have a hot tub back there too. So it's going to be an exciting little home. And then on the front deck, we have an amazing barbecue center. I got my husband a kegerator for his Father's Day and I told him it's an expensive gift, so it should cover Christmas and his next birthday, and he was laughing. We normally don't give gifts to each other anyway. So I figured this would make him so happy. He, my husband has worked so hard during this transition. Like when I say hard, I'm not saying that I'm not working hard, but when I say hard, he it's like laborious, hard, backbreaking work. Ty is a hardworking man, and I'm so fortunate to have him as a husband. I'm a fortunate woman to have a husband like, like Ty. So that's pretty much it, you guys, um, in a nutshell. And I, in a nutshell, is almost an hour episode. But I also want to tell you about my 40s. I'm, well, not my 40s, but me turning 40 because I used to think 40 was old. But then now I'm 40, and I want to tell you how I feel about that. I feel so accomplished at 40. I know I have a lot, of, a lot more to do. I know there's still so much more to accomplish. But in my 40s, I feel so accomplished. And if this is how getting old is, sign me up every freaking day. At 35, I had my midlife crisis, and I truly believe that, you know, societal's expectation of midlife crisis is you have to be in your 50s. But I think if you search for meaning in your life and you have this awakening that it's time for you to search for your meaning, that is your midlife crisis, And that happened to me at 35. So I've been on this journey for five years now. And the happiest I have ever been is giving to the world. And I said something on a post on my Facebook after my friends gave me a surprise party. My best friend, Jennifer Lofton, shout out to you sister. She had organized this surprise party for me and these are like amazing people in my life that should really think right mother (laughs) i haven't the thing is oh no it's just it's not just
2: that i think you know the thing is with motherhood i think it's it's an advantage to be honest with you i learn how to be extremely good at multitasking the moment I became a mother. I really tell you. No, I'm not joking because when you know, when you just I think agree, about yourself, that's why and, I you know, that's why I don't see it as, a, as something that it should be. It should be an asset, actually. If you're a mother, it should be easier for you to be a hustler yes. because you're hustling anyway Amen every day. <laughs> no, seriously, this is what people are like telling me. How are you managing it? You have kids. I'm like, actually. They taught me how to be very good at multitasking (laughs) and not to dwell on small stuff, not to sweat on small stuff because, you know, you need to find solution. If they hurt themselves, you need to immediately find ways to to cure that. You know, you don't think about, oh, what happened? You know, you know what I mean? It's just like, did you hear my
1: podcast today uh, with (coughs) Carol Walsh? (coughs) I have to, I have to listen to it later. That's episode two. And she talked about this. She talked about this because sometimes there's parents or mom you know because this is mother centric this is the topic is mom Uh sometimes there's moms that don't value themselves enough Mm -hmm. when they go out to go start their own uh, (coughs) venture (laughs) their entrepreneurial journey Mm -hmm. and she says if you look at running a household it's like running a company you oh, have kids. Even more challenging. It's, yeah. Conflict. <coughs> because the yes. others are like mm-hmm. budgeting. Sorry, cut you, off. Mm-hmm. you know, like you have the components of running a company, you know, yeah. managing people. That's your kids. Right. Manage your husband. Right. <coughs> that's right. Your whole entire household you're managing. And I think um, because she says, because society doesn't put a, a value, value in it um no, we society should society do, don't do that we should but i love i love that um there's a theme there that you also say and you're like all the way over in europe so motherhood is a language right it's it's common mm-hmm. we understand it and we know what it is so before we go i want to congratulate you with with everything that you've accomplished in your success and I commend you for going after your dreams and continue to even expand your business. Um, I have enjoyed watching you on social media, growing a brand, growing your grooming company and now expanding to beauty products and now expanding to a company that is charitable, (coughs) Mm -hmm. which is such a beautiful thing. So I want to acknowledge you for all that and The cool part is uh, we were childhood friends. We went to high school together and it's just like old times when we talk. Yeah, that's true. It seems like there's never been a gap in the years that we've spoken. So thank you so much for gracing me with your time today. I appreciate it. Even though and you're thank
2: sick. You. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so sorry for coughing on your ears. Um, That's okay. Like, I'm, I'm very proud of you as well, you know. I've also watched you grow and I couldn't be more proud and be inspired. Um, yes, and I really look forward to your visit here. You should come visit yes. us. Yes.
1: One we of these days so I'm going to have to show up and... Go hang out and get yeah. your your
2: place. <laughs> oh, just hang out. You know, it's it, it's it's really nice here. It's really relaxing. Cool. So yes, um, thank you so much. And um, you're welcome. To all the mothers, keep hustling. Yes.
1: Oh, can
2: you tell <laughs> yes. them
1: where they can find you on social media and online, all that other stuff?
2: Okay, so basically, you can. In uh, um, I have my personal. By the way, my personal Instagram. Is um, if you see, it's a bit daring, right? It's a bit being bold, (laughs) you know, why it is like that. You know, we are, I I have to tell this little story, right? So, we grew up in the Philippines, I've always been different, you know, it. I've always had this, you know, big boobs and everything, and so somehow (laughs) I always felt like bad about that. And it's not my fault that I'm born like this. Um, it's about also body shaming, about being comfortable in your own skin, and it's about being bold in general, you know, to be you. You know, we are all unique. We need to we you know, we need to celebrate that, you know. And we're all here. Um we contribute to the future, right? So um mm-hmm. so so that's 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 one of the key things why it is a bit bold and it's it's inspired. I mean, if you read the the content, you know, it's not just about the pictures, you know. There's always a story behind everything, right? And um yeah, it's also because of my my um I have my own line <laughs> the unique curves it's still happening so Okay cool Yeah yeah I have uh, for the curves um yeah, it's about body shaming. You have, you have, anyway, so. you have to embrace your, yourself. Yes, exactly. In the I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. This is, this is me and I can't change that. Yep. <laughs> oh, I can do surgery, but no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's also open later maybe. But anyway, so yes, they can find me, uh, my, my personal page right now. Um, it will be converted anyway later on. But it's unique.zurich in Instagram. And also I have the unique beauty Zurich. That's for the business um, in Zurich. And then I have the, um, the Tally Beauty Luzon. And they can find me at www.u nick.ch. Um, yes, I think that's, that's it for awesome. now, but there will be more coming. Um, Follow yes, her on Instagram. Anyway. <laughs> she has
1: 10,000 followers and growing. Congratulations for every, Thank you. every feat you've won, right? It's Thank always, so it's always a, uh, a fight. We never stop fighting. No, yeah.
2: Every day will always
1: be a fight. And I think that's what makes life beautiful. Exactly. All right, Jimmy. I can't wait. I can't wait to hang out with you and see you one of these days, but soon. Cheers. Thank you. All right.
2: See you, girlfriend. Bye. 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 See you. Bye.
1: All right, sisters. Thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlets. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review because i'm telling you this is not about me this is not about you it's about all of us in the community inspiring each other learning from each other and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons. So I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother has day.